what are you doing here? Good morning, Dominic. Busy day ahead of us. Rise and shine. Up and at him. Tally ho. What, what? Oh, Robert's not even 7am yet. What's the explanation for this undue cheerfulness? All right. I have two special things lined up for you today. One of them involves crisps. The other is that it's a brew day. Fantastic. Brilliant. I really could use a cup about now. I'll fix that while I'll go get dressed. Thank you, Captain. Oh, that is good. Mm, tea and toast. Pass the marmite, would you? I'll pass it, and then I'll pass on it. You know, I've heard it said that marmite's a good test of an English person's honesty. How so? Well, if you ask someone who's tried marmite if they like it or not, if they say they love it, or if they hate it, they're being honest with you. Alright, so what if they offer no opinion at all? You can't trust them worth a darn. So, did you come here just to make some tea and tempt me with walkers? No. Like I said, it is brew day at Anstey Ale. Oh, I know. They're the ones that's just on the north side of Leicester. Yeah, you've been there before? No, actually, I, I haven't. So we get to watch them brew beer during the day? Better than that. We get to take part. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Taking part. That that sounds like work. It is. And I had to pay for the privilege. Pay? P pay to work? Rob, I don't think you're doing this quite right. Eh, probably not. But it's a full day's education. Dare I ask how much it was? You dare, but I'll give you the details later on. Oh, it's certainly nice to be doing a local one for a change. It is, but with less the traffic in town. Yeah, we'd best be heading off. Yeah, we'll pick this up again when we get there. Oh, it's left at the end of the street. took a wrong turning. No, not this time. I double-checked the notes, and Anstiels had moved. Well, when did that happen? In January of 2018, they moved into this facility. It looks like a shop. That part is. I think we find them round back. Well, that looks more like it. So go on, then. How long have they been around? Well... 
my research shows that the brewery as such first came into existence in 2015. Oh, still quite young at the game then. Yeah, but doing something right. Um, their first beer was a little 4% that they called Packhorse Bridge, and they produced that on their little one-barrel system. Well, from such small acorns. Yes, dear. And then as demand exceeded production, they added a couple of 500-litre units, and that provided the capacity they needed to deliver on Packhorse. And, of course, experiment with new beers. Would you stop peeking at my notes? I can't help it. It's just the way it's written into the script. Go on, then read my next line. The first really successful edition was an oatmeal stout called Dark Room. <laughs> well done. And the next bit. It sure is fun being you. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sorry if my Scouse accent's not quite up to par. They also have fun creating short-run beers in their Hijack series. series. Which runs from intense IPAs to chocolate stouts. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. And these are often in collaboration with the local landlords. I like that. A local beer brewed for local consumption. Just like Mother used to make. Hello, Mum. Hi, Rob's Mum. <laughs> Technically and historically, it was my father who brewed great big foaming barrels. You might want to save that thought for a later episode. Sure. Let's go in. that own and run Anstey Ales are Stuart and Christina Slessor. Their website outlines what to expect during the brew day. It's broken down by time and event. 8am. Meet at the brewer and get shown around. 8.15. First brew of the day, tea or coffee and a safety talk. Second brew, in our case. 8.40am. The mash and talk about grain. So first, the basic list of ingredients. Water, grain, hops and yeast. The mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash? The monster mash. Dominic, the mash. <clears throat> the mash is what you get from steeping the shower grain in hot water. This soaks the grain, activating the malt enzymes and converting the grain starches into fermentable sugars. It is the fermentable sugars that will become alcohol. The choice of grain is going to form a large part of the character of the beer. The first beers I experienced were maltier brews than the IPAs that I now prefer. The backbone of most beers is malted barley. Grains like corn, oats, rice, rye, sorghum or wheat tend to be added to that. And I know you know, what is malted barley over regular barley grains? The malting process is where the barley grains have been soaked for long enough to induce germination and then dried out to halt the process, the purpose being that when germinating, the grains make its sugars available. Ah, and so in the mashing, we're extracting those sugars. Precisely, dear boy. Excellent. 10 a.m. Mash out and sparge. Mashing out is raising the temperature of the mix to 170 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 77 degrees Celsius. This both fixes the sugars available and makes it more fluid, allowing for easier separation of the spent grain from the fluid. And that's followed by sparge? Yes, Captain. Oh, sorry, 
The sparge is the process of washing the mash to get the wort, the wort being the sugary mix that we will be fermenting later on. 10.30am. Tea break. I'm ready for a different brew now, Captain. 11.30am. Clean out mash tun. As with all things, you do have to keep your equipment clean. 12 noon. Way out hops. 12.30pm. Lunch. Stretch your legs with a two-minute walk around the Nook Corner coffee shop and enjoy a plowman's lunch with Auntie Ale of your choice. 1.30pm. Talk on hops and how and when to use them. Now, there's a great deal of variety in hops. Can we cover the hops in more detail in a later episode? You know, I think we should. There is a lot to cover in that. 2.30pm. Cooling and cleaning. As stated before, you do have to keep your equipment clean. 3.30pm. Pitch yeast. Now, there are a couple of key points in this. The first is that most people would be working from a dry yeast, and this needs to be rehydrated separately before adding to the wort. Now, the wort is usually so sugary that your yeast cannot develop enough to ferment the brew. And the second point? Well, the second is that the wort has to be cooled from the 170 degrees Fahrenheit that it was earlier, down to around sort of 80 Fahrenheit, about 27 centigrade. Higher than that, and you'll kill the yeast. 4.30 to 5 o'clock p.m. Finish. That's it for today? For today, yes. The beer will need time for the yeast to work its magic and make the sugar delicious. The amount of time will vary by yeast, temperature, type of beer, various things. It can be as short as 18 hours, for example, but most typical is three to four days. As I say, it could take longer. Okay, thank you, Dominic. The cost of the brew day is £150 per person. They do also note that you may not wear open-toed shoes and that there should be no loose hair or jewellery, and they cater for parties up to five at a time. Now, if you are interested in finding out more, you can contact Anstey Ales by phone at 07960-776-843. I'll say that again. That's 07960-776-843. Or by email at anstiale at outlook.com. Thank you. Before we leave Anstey Ales behind for this episode, we should select one of their beers to have tried. Yep, you're right indeed there. I looked uh, at the lineup and I thought this one would be right in your wheelhouse. This one's the Nook IPA. Hmm. Now, this is their IPA that they've brewed using Chinook and Cascade hops. That's the very fella. Put your whistle to it. Now what? I mean, isn't that like wetting your whistle? I don't think so, but I do get your drift. Well, turning our attention back to the IPA, it's a good, clear, strong amber colour. Mm. Good head retention. I always feel more encouraged by a beer that maintains it in the glass. Can we find out more about that for a later show? You know, That sounds like a good idea. I'll see what information I can get about that. Hmm. Come on, then. What are your thoughts on the flavour? 
it's a good combination. It's well balanced because um, you you bring the cascade hops in for the citrus flavors. Um, but if you if you sit on those too much, the whole thing can turn just to grapefruit, um, which will completely overwhelm the bear. But they've also used Chinook to bring out those those pine notes and that freshness, and the two together are holding each other up. It's it's very well done. Well, the more you know. That's why we're here. Uh, does it say how strong it is? Well, it's saying that uh, that it's around five percent. So you could certainly enjoy a few. Yeah, for the moment I'm just sitting into my little four ouncer, and you get the rest. Well, the perk being that you get to drive the Ruby. Oh, such an adorable little car. Now that we've got far to go for our next stop, it's less than three miles. Walkers! Sponsored by Burt's Better Beers. Burt's Better Beers is located close to Exit 9 North off I-93 in Hooksett, New Hampshire. They have a large selection of international, national and local beers, ciders and meads. Cans and bottles are individually priced so you can select your own beer tour. Tell Burt you heard about Burt's Better Beers on Hopscotch. I expect you'll get a smile that is never far away. You can call Bert's at 603-413-5992 or visit them through their Facebook presence at facebook.com slash Bert's Better Beers. Also follow Bert on Twitter at twitter.com slash Bert's Better Beers. Their opening hours are Tuesday to Friday, 10 to 8, Monday and Saturday, 10 to 7, Sunday, 11 to 3. Burt's Better Beers, stimulating the economy, one beer at a time. I'm going to park here on Laycroft and then we can walk back that way a touch. Um, I can't really see an awful lot. It isn't really like Cabri World. No. Do you think that would be a big draw? A crisp theme park. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, you'd have Mr. Crisp, the potato man. He's obviously the mascot. And then you'd have all the kids visiting his little walkers. They'll be his little walkers. And then you'll have Prawn Cocktail, where the mascot for the parade, for the midday parade, is a, is a giant guy in a prawn costume. You'll have Cheese and Onion, where you have a slice of cheddar cheese. And then, and then, for the American market, because the Americans <laughs> are weird and don't call them crisps, you'd have chips. So Mr. Chips, not no connection to the catchphrase Roy Walker, Mr. Chips. But every time, like Disney has... See you real soon from Mickey Mouse. Every time you leave the theme park, it's goodbye, Mr. Chips. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this needs to happen. This is the thing that should be happening. Dominic? 
carried away. You will be if you carry on like that. Now, as our resident expert on all things Walker's Crisps, how about you give us a little history? How am I supposed to know the history? I just know I like them. I want to build a theme park out of them. By the looks of the back seat, and you're going to be cleaning that out, you know. I know. And that was just on the way from Anstey. I was nervous. I was just nerve-eating. And Never mind all that. We're here now. What can you tell us? All right. Well, according to the Wikipedia entry that I've been keeping up to date... What? what, what you, you wrote that page? You didn't let me finish. That I have been keeping up to date with... Walkers originally were in Mansfield, but in the 1880s moved to Leicester to take over an established butcher shop in the High Street. Now, what you might see globally, certainly in Europe and maybe in the US, is the company Lay's. So, you'll see Lay's. Now, Lay's is part of the Walkers franchise. So, okay. Walkers was founded in 1948 by obviously Mr. Walker, Henry Walker. And in 1998, was actually acquired by Lay's owners, which are Frito-Lay, a division of PepsiCo. So, that's why the branding looks so similar. When people come over to the UK, hey, they're Lay's. Oh, no, they're not. They're Walkers. That's your reason why. So, we are now, obviously, they are based in Leicester. We also had, let me just see if I've got my history right. That's right. So, we Gary Lineker, famous football player. Memorable for his Italia 90. Was it, was it Italia 90? Anyway, one of the big football tournaments. He was a he's a prominent person in Leicester, and he was, you know, a big figure of the Walkers marketing campaign. And they were very popular. Still very popular to this day. Now, in 2009, they held a competition to find a new flavour, which they, because they're original, came up with the competition title "Do Us a Flavour." <laughs> I know, I know. Somebody was paid millions of pounds for that marketing. Did entry. one of us write that? I don't know. You write the script. Yeah, I'd have thought I, I would like to have think that I would have done better. Well, there we go. Slap on the wrist and try harder. See me after class. So, in 2009, we had six winning flavors that were voted for by the public, and then there was a final vote to determine which one the favorite one was. So we had. In no particular order, we had Builder's Breakfast. Now, a Builder's Breakfast in the UK is normally a grease-filled pile of awfulness, but it tastes so good. You've got it your does eggs, taste you've got good. Your, you've got your eggs, you've got your sausage, your black pudding, your beans, your hash browns, your fried slice, and a big mug of tea next to it. Now, now that Here's the important question in this. Which beans were they trying to emulate in this? Also, did they manage to incorporate the tea flavour and were... Like sort of half the, the crisps soggy on one side, like they've been dunked. Now, this is an interesting thing because I remember the kids on the school bus would pick these up. I think if my overwhelming memory of these, that they just stank of rotten egg like somebody had let off a stink bomb. <laughs> so I don't think the beans ever came close. <laughs> as, for the, as for the tea, well, yeah. If all you can taste is egg and you're supposed to have bacon and sausage and other deliciousness on there, you ain't going to get tea. They were probably soggy, but I'm guessing that was just grease. Okay. What was next? Next, you had chilli and chocolate. Okay. I'm saying um, nothing about that one. Apart from the time, my dad thought it would be funny to try me with a slice of Tabasco sauce chocolate. Never again. 
Uh huh. Still in therapy? Well, I've never forgiven him since. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing, right? Here's the interesting thing for me. Uh, this entire competition, chili and chocolate, does that go with potato? Really? Well, I, I think it's the. Uh, at that point, you're subsuming the, the potato merely as the medium that imparts the flavor as opposed to an essential part of the experience itself. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, a long way from the from having those bags of potato crisps where they had the packet of salt in there, but they hadn't salted them yet, and then moving up to the ready salted. I mean, that's the, that's the origin here of our crisps, isn't it? Uh, and now if we've advanced to a point of being able to offer chili and chocolate, I mean, we've gone sort of from Wright Brothers through the SE5A of ready salted through to the you know the the aerobatic um, Red Bull display team that is the chili and chocolate you say this but the difference between chili and chocolate and the original salt and shakes is that salt and shakes are legendary and classics nobody's going to be talking about chili and chocolate for the next 20 years are they but Bearing everything in mind that we just said about chili and chocolate, one of the other selected flavours, Cajun Squirrel. <laughs> now, uh, in terms of being Cajun Squirrel, was that um, shot squirrel or roadkill? Well, given by its taste, smell and appearance, I'm going to go over roadkill. Okay, because that would be relevant around here. The, this past year in New Hampshire, there was a bumper cropper of squirrels that... Um, were being murdered on the roads as they failed to cross. The local hicks going barbecuing again, are they? Mm-hmm. Well, if you slap one on top of the engine block on your way to work, it cooks beautifully. Just bring your non-stick foil wrap. Mm, Cajun squirrel burrito. Well, we got squirrels. Now we're going to go for another animal. Crispy duck and hoisin sauce. Hmm. How did that go across? Well, it didn't win. <laughs> okay, then let's move on to the next one. Onion bhaji. Ooh. Now, that one I can kind of get a bit of excited about, because I do like an onion bhaji. Well, who doesn't? But it's, but it's crisp format? I'm not sure. I was never sure. I, I don't know. I mean, well, the, um, the ones that I remember, I mean, while they're sort of the little moist in the middle, they are crisper on the outside, so you are sort of getting that early visceral experience of the onion bhaji right off the bat so all right. it, it's all the promise of the bhaji without the deliverance of the, the middle of it alright well let me give you another flavour mm -hmm. and this one I think is a, this is the last of the six finalists and do us a flavour fish and chips okay all right. fish um, and chips that's a staple that's a British staple and of course the thing is all of these brilliant you've got potato fish and chips chips are made from potato in the first place Right. Wouldn't that be startlingly close just to salt and vinegar? Well, you'd think, but you've got cod in there as well. Uh, well, cod has its place. Okay, so I've given you all the six flavours. Oh, come on, I, I, I drop a pun in like that and you just try and step right over it? Yes, there's a reason. <laughs> it was a little ray of sunshine. <sighs> Can we not make I meant that to be funny. Can we not make fish puns, Rob? We've got a podcast to record. <laughs> All right, I'll go to school on them later. Oh, I need to go and see the sturgeon to get that one out. 
See, I, I got you. You got you. You added one back in. I got you. Well, as the dyslexic said, that was utter carp. <laughs> so carry on. So you've had the six flavors. Then you've had the <laughs> builder's breakfast, chili and chocolate, Cajun squirrel, uh, crispy duck and hoisin, onion bhaji, fish and chips. Which one do you think, out of all of those, won? Based on the descriptions, um, I would go with the onion bhaji, but by the way you're phrasing it, it sounds like it was the builder's dog's breakfast. Well, sadly, you are correct. It was the builder's breakfast. Uh, but do you want the best bit about this? It was obviously so popular, the flavor was discontinued a year later. Wow. So they, they um, within a year, they'd completely used up the whole inventory of flavoring that they had for it. That was, that was quite the seller. Well, you'd think so. But what a builder's going to do if, all they, if, if their breakfast is now being replaced by a bag of crisps out of Leicester? Well, um, go with an onion burgie and chili and chocolate breakfast. It's a healthy diet being a builder, isn't it? The other interesting thing that I do want to bring back to about Warp is coming back to our actual point before we went off on a massive ramble. Uh, right, so uh, they also, a few years ago, 2015, did a, a campaign to bring back, bring back favourite flavours. So you had barbecue, cheese and chai, beef and onion, lamb and mint, toasted cheese flavours for a limited time. Marmite flavour was also brought back and beef and onion got the most votes and was reintroduced permanently. That said, I haven't seen it since, so I assume that one's also gone very well as well. But Walkers in Leicester have a very special place. They used to sponsor the football or soccer teams, the Americans listening, uh, Leicester City. Now, Leicester City, uh, the perennial underdogs, in 2015 did the unthinkable and won the Premier League. There's a special episode of the, um, where that's featured on the radio podcast. You do like to get plugs into your own work there, don't you? I wrote this stuff. It shows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and here endeth the lesson. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> can I get back to my point, Rob? Oh, please. Leicester City used to play at a stadium called Filbert Street. Now, at the early part of the 21st century this was knocked down filbert street now holds student accommodation uh, called filbert village now that's on the old site of the stadium there's a plaque in reception area dedicated to the old stadium and you and know if, all this fine detail how well because i have spent the last two months three months and we'll spend the next five months living there Ooh. Very will i get a plaque of its own at some point well, Dominic studied here. Well, to quote Edmund Blackadder, here lies Edmund Blackadder, and he's bloody annoyed. <laughs> um, well, it's better than sod off, Dominic. <laughs> right. Anyway, this seems to have got on for long enough. So is um, that the educational part of uh, this segment out of the way? Yes, I think right. now we'll go, we'll go for the consumers then. Uh, what's your favourite flavour? Oh, uh, well, I wrote this part that you would go with favourite flavour first. All right. Well, well, I'll stick to the script then. I was going off piste, but, you know, 
for me, has to be salt and vinegar. It's hands down a winner. It's the classic. It's a staple, and it wins every single time. Just like a packet of fish and chips with malt vinegar, these are the go-to. Cheese and onion has also stood the test of time as always being there. Yeah, but they're more of a picnic standard. They are there. No one really likes them. They go with the sandwiches. But they aren't your favourite either, surely. No, no, they are not. I'm with you on that. Uh, Cheese and onion crisps are the side dish of the crisp world. The standout flavour to me from Walker's, the one that I would go back to every time is their Marmite crisps. It's the... All the warmth of the Marmite flavour, but with that slightly drier edge and the crisp texture. Mm, phenomenal. Love it. Love it. Right, now I'm going to have to bring in a bone of contention here. I am sure you will. So, Walkers seem to go against convention for crisp packet colouring. As we all know, the crisp packet colouring is the branding. It's what people say. They think pink, they go straight to prawn cocktail. They know what's coming. You know when you open that bag, you are going to get prawn cocktail. When did Walkers decide that blue was going to be cheese and onion and not salt and vinegar, and that green was going to have the salt and vinegar title and not cheese and onion? When did did, this happen? You did preload me with this information earlier that this had happened, um, that salt, vinegar in a green bag is wrong. It should and always should be in a blue bag and that the cheese and onion should always be in a green bag i i wonder on this and it may be worth a little research that is this something that has come from the frito-lay organization is there something over here in the states where the salt and vinegar started in a green bag and that like the misnaming of marathon of snickers has infiltrated its way into the uk so let me see if I've got this right. The good people of Walkers, the British institution that is Walkers, mm-hmm. are being swayed by the owners. Walkers, if you're listening, this is not on. Change it back. People want to have people. De- no, people demand to have the right crisp color packaging. That it's said, Walkers, blue bags for a blue Britain. That said, Walkers, if you are listening, we are open to sponsorship <laughs> or bribes or pretty much anything. Yeah, pass us some crisps. I'll be happy. You want to see if we can get you a tour of the facility? Uh-huh. They will mean wearing a hairnet. Mm, I don't have much hair to go with, so it won't be a bother. All right. Good to know. Uh, Rob, there's some kind of scary security guards here that want us to move on. All right, then. Uh, that may be us for another episode. Um, thank you all for being with us for Hopscotch Episode 6 coming to you from my term time home of Leicester. Yeah, careful. Yes, yes, we're moving. Yes, that is our car. He just crossed my monster munch. My monster munch. He crushed him. R- rotten swine. You think it'll throw them off if I open up a packet of scampy fries? Oh, you devious. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and the others in the series. You can find out more information about these locations. Visit us at hopscotchpodcast.com on SoundCloud. We are at soundcloud.com slash hopscotchpodcast or via your favourite podcast app as hopscotchpodcast. Look for the grey logo. And finally, we are on Twitter. We are at hopscotchpodcast. 
because the podcast has a name missing. <laughs> because of length limits. And with that, thank you so very much for listening. A very good night to you all. Oh, spare bag of pork and salt and vinegar. What a win. What a week. Some of the sound effects used in the production of this podcast have been obtained from Free SFX. They are available at http colon slash slash www.freesfx.co.uk Can you not crack out when I'm doing my lines, please? Darling, I'm a fine Shakespearean actor. I studied at RADA, you know. <laughs> I went to RADA. What a day I had. <laughs>